Good morning. Good morning. Turn this way if you would like. And if you're behind me and you'd like to take another seat, or are you okay where you are? Okay. Okay. So this is the first Sunday of January 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It was great to be at Daibasatsu Zendo with uh, several of you to have that wonderful ceremony with the big gong chanting and Meijuku Kanongyo 108 times and striking the gong with the big log. <sighs> hmm? Wonderful. I hope that uh, we can all do that at least once in your lifetime. Every other year, we have New Year's Eve here or New York City and every other year at Daibosatsu Zendo. And then the next day, somewhat bleary-eyed, we chant the full Diamond Sutra. And I must say, it was a little easier today. (laughs) And we had a fabulous Gyorin, who really kept the pace so well. This is a very hard thing to do, if any of you uh, want to try it sometime, to uh, keep that rhythm, brisk pace, and your arm gets tired, and you may all feel, oh, I've already just done half of it, or it's going to go on, and my voice isn't so good, and I'm not feeling very comfortable, and my foot is asleep, and my knees hurt, and all this thing after thing that goes through the mind that is exactly what the Diamond Sutra is telling us is not only inconsequential, but unreal. And we get caught up in that kind of thinking. But when you take on the challenge, as all of you did today, coming here to chant the full Diamond Sutra, you don't know what you're chanting. Nobody is helping you with the English. There you are. When you just give yourself over to it, what happens? Mm-hmm. It just comes out. Mm-hmm. It comes through you, right? It comes through you. That just is a very important word. Just chanting, just sitting, just giving yourself over, giving yourself away. And so the mind that is always caught up in kind of egocentric vista uh, that is very limited, when you say, okay, I'm going to do this, and you feel all this kind of thing going on, oh, I don't know if I can finish, (laughs) just like, forget about it. What are you talking about? Right? This changes your mind. So that's why challenging ourselves in our practice is so important 
Never think, well, this is as much as I can do with my limitations. Unless you want to live in misery the rest of your life. That's all that happens with that kind of thinking. Do you want to be free? Who wants to be free? Huh? I do. And if you continually think, I do, you will never be free. <laughs> because I do is based on that limited mentality. Of, this is as much as I can do. Or, I want to be free. You have some object in your mind, right? And the Diamond Sutra is telling us again and again, whatever you have in your mind, let it go because it doesn't exist. Whatever you are projecting as the way you will find freedom doesn't exist. You are making it up. What is one very famous part of uh, the Diamond Sutra about mind, past, past mind? Can't grasp it, right? Hmm? Cannot be grasped, right? Past mind is already a fiction that you have created about a moment, uh, just a tiny, tiny fleeting moment that you might have been present for, maybe even not. How about present mind? Gone! <laughs> and future mind? Hmm? It's not here. It's not here. <laughs> what is here is your idea about it. So to challenge ourselves means to uh, put ourself at risk. This ego entity, this self-identity, unless we are willing to risk it all, we will be stuck in an idea about and the dot 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 means you can fill it in however you'd like it's always something right I say the same thing over and over again (laughs) that's what it is you just phrase it slightly differently, but this is just so the more you struggle with trying to figure it out, the more futile the struggle seems, right? And that's so wonderful. Because what that calls up is go beyond. Let it go. That's really what we mean by in the Diamond Sutra. It says over and over again, charity. Not having some idea about I giving to you, but giving it all away in every moment. Giving up. 
the more we give, the more we receive. I know everyone here has experienced this. That's what we mean by practice. Practice giving it all away. Practice knowing how to receive. This is not a knowing intellectually, but it means emptying. Getting rid of all those ideas, concepts, projections. So tonight we will have Dharma study, is that right? Mm. And what are we reading in Dharma study? The Platform Sutra of the Sixth Ancestor. And how did the Sixth Ancestor awaken? Hearing the Diamond Sutra recited in the marketplace. Hearing it. There he was delivering a load of firewood, this illiterate son of an illiterate, you know, no, no special preparation. He had never read the Diamond Sutra. But he heard this line that we chanted today. Om Shin. can be translated as, uh, we recite it in English as, a bodhisattva should develop a mind that alights on nothing whatsoever. Or the way Shodo Harada Roshi does uh, his translation, abiding nowhere. Awakened mind arises. So again and again, to cultivate this mind, develop this mind that alights on nothing, that abides nowhere. This is certainly a very challenging task. Abiding nowhere. In truth, what the Diamond Sutra teaches and what the sixth ancestor awakened to is that as Harara Roshi titled his book, there is not one single thing. There is nowhere the mind can get stuck. If you know that you're getting stuck, you know that you're fabricating your existence. Why would you want to live that way? So he says not one single thing, a commentary. Right? This is very humorous, isn't it? On the Platform Sutra. So at the same time, to attest to that truth, the mind abiding nowhere, the mind can be so open that instantaneously this realization of truth occurs. It didn't occur. It won't occur. It occurs 
and doesn't stick. Not one single thing. I read aloud the last verse of the Diamond Sutra, which perhaps I can read again because it's so important. This is what abiding nowhere means in verse. Think in this way of all this fleeting world. To think in this way means you are fleeting with it. This moment is vanishing. You are so completely one with this moment, this precious moment, that it is nowhere stuck, nowhere abiding, just one with it. As a star at dawn, what happens to a star at dawn? Even the star that Shakyamuni Buddha was awakened by, that morning star. What happened to that morning star? Mm. As a star at dawn, the sun rises. That star, of course, from a scientific standpoint, with a mind that abides somewhere, we can say, that star is still there. In fact, it goes back to so far, 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 far into the past that we are seeing it a few moments after it died. And what are those moments? Shakyamuni, Buddha's time, our time, same time, right? Yeah. A star at dawn. A bubble in a stream. What about that bubble? Mm -hmm. Gone. Just as you notice it. Even as you notice it already changed. This means mind abiding nowhere. Right here. Gone. A dewdrop. Do you remember a summer morning, walking out, grass still moist with dew, and then what? The sun shining in all those dew drops, and the next minute, what? A flash of lightning in a summer cloud. So riveting for that moment to see that flash. A flickering lamp. Flickering lamp means maybe you've had one of these in your house. Somehow the connection isn't quite right flickers and it's out. A phantom. What did you see? What was that? What about that strong opinion you could swear by? What was 
not say. And a dream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Therefore, we are so deeply, deeply grateful when we encounter it in that flash, in that ephemeral moment to realize how precious it is. To live in the state of no state, form of no form, everything is so delicious, right? Whether it's tea or the scent of incense or the light of this late morning in winter, snowflakes. the same time as the recognition of this transitory non-abiding what happens when we really feel the truth of this unrepeatable ungraspable moment is that we have the clarity to see what's going on around us with discernment. Why? Because we have dropped that clinging mind. So, for example, We are entering this new year with a very strong sense of how important our practice is to be able to respond to what is likely to be a very challenging time. I don't know if any of you has ever traveled to Australia. What's happening there is a horrific foretaste of what will be everywhere. Sometimes fire, sometimes floods, but one of the most searing recognitions is that not only are humans perishing in the fires, but 
creatures endemic to that continent, found nowhere else. Truly searing recognition. There's a very well-known koan in the Hekigon Roku, the Blue Cliff Record, Case 29. A monk asked Daizui Hoshin, when the Kalpa fire flares up and the great cosmos is destroyed, I wonder, will it perish? Will it be destroyed or not? Daizui answered, it will be destroyed. The monk said, then will it be gone with the other? Daizui said, it will be gone with the other. Now, we don't want to hear this. We truly do hold on to our belief that somehow there will be something that remains. Perhaps in this monk's case, some continuity and some self-nature that continues. Omu shojin ni shogoshin The mind that abides nowhere Somehow we interpret it to mean that there is a mind, that there is some kind of essence or soul or personality that continues. Some of you may be familiar with the Buddhist term alaya consciousness. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Alaya. Storehouse consciousness. What is that we may think of it in terms of a kind of um, imprint or potentiality? Karmic potentiality. It has no form. There is no it. And yet each one of us is here today because of this alaya consciousness that has drawn us to this abiding nowhere, awakened mind. 
Sohan Roshi also, in speaking of monastery being prepared for winter, and I use this scroll hanging on one side of the altar at Daibosatsu for New Year's. Sometimes the translation is unpretentiously, I think it's probably better to say inconspicuously, just a small group of people at the monastery. And the haiku, Zen monastery inconspicuously prepared for winter. A small group of people just preparing for winter. Why do we prepare if winter doesn't exist? <laughs> is this what I'm saying is so important for us not to immediately fall into the dualistic mind that says nothing matters? If this, then that. If not this, then not that. This is the you know, usual dualistic, logical way of thinking. Then I don't have to do anything. Okay, Australia will be whatever, burned up. No, no. Because nothing, not one single thing, abides, therefore, in this moment of non-abiding, we cared so deeply for this precious life that is unfolding as we are in this moment, moment after moment. Beings are turning to us. Please help. So he said in his journal, this was from 1961, the preparation of a monastery for winter may seem unremarkable. Everything that needs to be attended to is done. So you may think, well, we don't really need to do anything because soon the, the cup of fire will come and the monastery will be burned up. So why should we prepare why should we hang new scrolls? Why should we clean everything from top to bottom as you all did here? What's the point if it's all going to burn up? So again, none of you think that way, but I'm telling you it's a very, um, it's a very common way of, of misinterpreting teachings. Everything that needs to be attended to is done, yet no trace of effort is apparent. This no trace is so important. It's another way of saying not one single thing. It's done, as you said, Fugan. How did you put it? Through us, right? It, it just comes. It just gets done. This is just. Of course, we have to make every effort to do so in order to avoid having some trace of effort. This is practice. When we talk about zazen as effortless effort, 
if we get stuck in some kind of abiding mind state of being where oh, I am doing zazen, is it working? Evaluating it, seeing it as an it, as a thing, you all know what that's like. So no trace of effort is apparent. Nobody is walking around in the monastery saying, see what I did? Did you see how clean that is? How do you like that? No. No trace. This living with no trace is the most important thing we can do. It has to be based on an awakening to not one single thing. Otherwise, it's trace after trace after trace. So that's why realization is such an urgent matter. We cannot be of help to anyone if we are stuck in that trace. This no trace of effort expresses the spirit of my teacher, Genpo Yamamoto Roshi, who spent most of his time doing Zazen and completely absorbed in studying the Diamond Sutra. He would say that you are not yet mature if you are seen as great or wise by others. It is not good to be absent-minded, but you should be unpretentious or inconspicuous while being aware of all necessary matters. You see, this is one and the same. It will be gone with the other. Therefore, take care. Therefore, be aware. This is important. He ends this journal entry. You may not know this, but the sixth ancestor was ordained on New Year's Day. And in the Platform Sutra, and this is a translation by Harara Roshi, says, I have encountered much suffering, and my life often seemed to be hanging by a thread. And then Roshi says, he has told his story in the Platform Sutra not to show how hard his life was, but how rare and precious it is to be able to encounter the true Dharma, the Alaya consciousness that brings us together to encounter this moment together. We all take human birth for granted, he says. But there are so many other forms of life, 
It is rare to be born a human. This life is not forever. Everyone dies. How precious it is to be alive at this very moment. How precious it is to hear the actual living Dharma. How precious it is to meet a true teacher of that truth. To encounter this truth is very rare. And to be able to realize it is even rarer. If the truth is realized but never shared, it would be a terrible loss. We have this wonderful gift of human birth. We must not waste it. So to find ourselves in this precarious time, indeed, having seen what is happening as a result of the killing ordered by Trump. With a discerning eye to see this as the belligerence required and taking an entire country hostage, that's us, in order to keep, hold on to his position, perpetrating a war. We've been there before, in every sense of the word, not so long ago. But you know the adage, don't change horses midstream. This is used in times of war to mean we better keep the same president. 2020, looking ahead, what's most important if you are really imprisoned by the notion of holding on. You have such a delusion that this is the only way you can keep what's yours. And indeed, the Kalpa fires rage. This is what we're facing, folks. We cannot think, oh, I'm a Zen practitioner. I am dwelling in this moment. And this moment is so beautiful. Look at this Zendo. The light is so nice. Everything in my mind is just tranquil and serene. I don't have to worry about climate change or nuclear attacks by drones 
just up the road a bit. Right? That's what we might fall into. Everything matters. And if we don't take this practice seriously, we will not be ready. Ready for what? Here again, the mind that abides nowhere is the mind that doesn't seize on various scenarios and yet knows how necessary it is to prepare. How do we prepare for the unthinkable? Maybe we need to take more seriously the development of a climate action plan for starters. Hmm? Not just think about it, but put it in place. Where will everyone gather when there is no fuel, no electricity? How will you help? These are what need to these these things need to be considered very carefully. Not with a fearful, anxious mind, but with a mind that is free of illusion, free of delusion, clear in its discernment, and therefore capable of compassionate action. So what I am saying to you is the most, uh, maybe I would put it this way, the steepest challenge. I talked about how challenging it might seem to you to come here and chant the entire Diamond Sutra. We are facing The Kalpa fires. They cannot be avoided. How will we address what needs to be cared for? How will we be here for all? sentient beings without number out of any possible thought that we can summon up it's beyond and so this is the true challenge of what our Zen lives are all about Let's be here with each other to encourage and support and deepen our insight and resolve.